Logan, you have to understand, is a figure... Well, let's go back to Shakespeare. He wrote, and he said something like, you know, all the good things you do are going to be buried with you, but the bad things you do, they'll live on long after you, you're dead. That's paraphrased. And it, in many people's mind, Logan is or was a racist. And the true answer there is yes, he was. If you go back to the 1850s, you're going to find out that pretty much everybody who lived in southern Illinois believed that African Americans were second, were, they were inferior. It wasn't a second class citizenship, it was just an inferiority. Blacks were not citizens, blacks had no rights. And when Logan was elected to the State House of Representatives, he had two goals. And one of them was to write harsh black codes that pretty well kept any freed black person from living in Illinois. I mean, they were extremely harsh, and Logan was the father of them. You know, that was what Chicago said, that, you know, they have these because of Logan. And the other thing he wanted to do, there was a movement to allow blacks to testify in trials at court, and Logan wanted to block that. I mean, he goes into the, he supports, he's, he's a Jacksonian Democrat, and the Jacksonian Democrats, uh, one thing describes it as even more racist than the Whigs. And, you know, he goes into Congress, and the first thing he says is, hey, I'm here to support the Fugitive Slave Act. You know, it's the law, and I'm going to do it. And he gets nicknamed Dirty Work Logan, and he goes out to save the Union. He's not going to fight a civil war because he hates abolitionists. He tells his men, if Lincoln frees the slaves, I'm going to bring you home because I'm not fighting an abolitionist war. Right. And then he, evol- he evolves during the war. What We know that one of his father's beliefs, and his father was a slaveholder in Missouri, was that no person, and he put this in a document, even if they're black, no parents should be separated from their children. And when Logan gets down south, he starts seeing things that he has not seen before. And he also sees all of the help he gets from the slaves in the area and helping the Union troops. And he talks about this after the war. And I think these things evolved to help him accept the Emancipation Proclamation. I didn't say revel in it, but to accept the Emancipation Proclamation, to accept the use of black troops, which a lot of the people in the Union Army didn't want to do. Logan spoke to the Army of the Tennessee on this, and one of the men writes in his diary, and after Logan talked, that was that. So he had that much authority over the men, or persuasiveness over these men who loved him. And so that before he's even out of the Army, before he musters out in Louisville, he supports, gives a speech supporting the 14th Amendment to do away with slavery, because Lincoln only freed those slaves in the rebelling states. So if you had been a slave in Missouri, the Emancipation Proclamation did not free you. Kentucky's slaves didn't get freed. Maryland's slaves didn't get freed. So the 14th Amendment freed slaves. He comes back around, supports the 15th Amendment to grant citizenship to the former slaves, to America's black citizens, and all the time, he says, all the time in the first cases, but not voting, not voting. That's a state. States decide who can vote in the states. This is not going to. And then finally, in 1867, he supports the, sixth, the 15th Amendment, which allows, let me see, 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, which allows voting rights to black men and works for education for blacks in the South. That if the federal government spends money on education, 
then an equal amount has to be spent on whites and blacks. Very, uh, one author, Gary Eckelberg, equated it to uh, Saul's conversion to Paul mm. on the road to Emmaus. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was just, and it wasn't as overnight as as that, but it happened through the Civil War. His attitude when he would do anything would that would always come back to haunt him. Oh, but. At this time, you tried to raise troops for the Confederacy. Oh, at this time, you thought this. And when he ran for president in 1884, it was used against him. And that's why what I found in the Library of Congress, and, and it's not long. Could I read it? Should I? I think you should, because uh, I think it's What I found, it, because this takes away all of that criticism. Mm-hmm. And this is as stated by Frederick this Douglass. This is as stated by Frederick Douglass in an undated speech among his papers at the Library of Congress. And he's, in, he's giving his evaluation of all the four people who are running for president and vice president. And he says, but what of John A. Logan? I will tell you, if there is any statesman on this continent now in public life to whose courage, justice, and fidelity I would more fully and unreservedly trust the cause of the colored people of this country or the cause of any other people, I do not know him. Since Charles Sumner and O.P. Martin, no man has been bolder and truer to the cause of the colored man and to the country than has John A. Logan. There is no nonsense about him. I endorse him to you with all my might, mind, and strength, and without a single shadow of a doubt. Pretty amazing endorsement.